1: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management. Do you
0: have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders, recognized in their fields, who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team, and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is yeah, Linda Patton. You know, I'm going to
2: as brief as I possibly can, yeah.
1: Okay, because I want to have a dialogue with you. Uh, Absolutely. Conversa- yeah, a conversation as opposed to an interview, per se.
2: Right, a conversation is much
1: better. Yay, okay, You're on. good. Linda, you're live. Hi. And once again, let me personally welcome you to Leadership Stars, where real leaders in network distribution, entrepreneurship, and government who have boldly and unapologetically stepped into leadership will be interviewed on their journey and will share their views on all aspects of creating and leading powerful teams, even if it is a team of one just right now. I am your host, Linda Patton. I am an international speaker and an international best-selling author, as well as the creator of the book and program, The Art of Herding Cats, leading teams of leaders. Herding Cats comes from my journey of stepping out into leadership as a major and a VP of corporate and owning that leadership. Through Herding Cats, I guide leaders to uncover core strengths, to inspire with shared vision and to realize their true expertise. I've been successfully developing leaders for over 40 years in the military, in organizations and most recently independently as a coach, a mentor and a guide. So today we're gonna answer some of the following questions. So what defines a successful leader in today's business environment? When you say a leader has presence, what does that really mean? What are the relationship skills critical to inspire and motivate your team members to achieve the vision of the future, theirs and yours? So today I have a very special guest, Howard Sambal, who's going to help me delve into mastering those skills of leadership and especially the art of building strong, meaningful relationships with your team. So welcome, Howard. It's so good to have you on the program. Great
2: to be here, Linda. I'm excited about our conversation today.
1: And it's so great to have you here. And this and February is the month for relationships. So I'm so glad that you um, said you'd come aboard. Now, let's start with, tell us about Howard. How did you get to where you are today and the type of work that you're doing?
2: Well, it, it actually started a very long time ago, Linda. Way back in the 1970s, I have an early career path in mathematics and uh, came to a realization around the mid-late mid, 70s that although that was fun and I was good at it, but it really wasn't my ultimate path in life. It wasn't my ultimate contribution. And, um, you know, after not completing a PhD, which is kind of a, a long story in itself, I, I actually started to study astrology and metaphysics and became uh, quite um, skilled and masterful in that, but it opened up a doorway of awareness to me, which made me realize what my true calling was. Uh, And that basically was empowering individuals to find their purpose, their passion, their greatest gifts, and then craft that into an ideal business where they could make money doing what they love. And so basically all the way back to the early eighties until today, I'm still, I've still been been doing that this whole time. Of course, naturally it's evolved tremendously during the years um, and go back in the eighties when there was really no technology, it was different. But really the core, the foundation of it all is really fundamentally the same. And so I feel very honored and blessed that, you know, I've had this vision and I've had the inner guidance you know, the creativity um, mm-hmm. and inspiration to really to create life crafting, which is which is the program that I've been doing a long time.
1: Howard, that sounds fabulous. It's interesting because I have a minor in mathematics coming out of college as well. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, it's interesting that, that we've sort of gone on some of the same path. I also think it's really powerful that you empower people around their purpose, their passion, And then having that ideal vision, because as you know, um, Bill Gates, before the turn of the century, that sounds really long ago, doesn't it, Uh, said, you know, that the leaders of this century would be those who could empower others. So it sounds like you were on the cutting edge of that before uh, we even turned the century, Mark. Would you agree?
2: Thank you. Yes. Um, It's really kind of my middle name.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Howard Empowering Sample. I like it. <laughs> Works for me. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Howard, okay, you, you told us what you did. So what? why do you do it? I mean, what what's the value to you of taking leaders on this journey of empowerment and then helping them to create their ideal business?
2: I would say that the number one thing for me that, that really um, – it just really uh, fulfills me hugely is is seeing the breakthrough points uh, that happened for people in discovering who they really are because there's a component to life crafting at the beginning which is really all about inner clarity and um, the you know the process really guides people to dig deep inside themselves to peel the onion so to speak and to get to the deeper truths that people rarely get to in life. And when I see those aha moments, those breakthrough moments of clarity, it just really fills me up. And then secondly, when I see them being able to take those things that are central to who they are and turn them into a unique and special contribution in the world that allows them to make you know really good income with what they with their gifts, that's the second, you know, a, a piece of that because so many people live their whole lives firmly believing that they can't do that.
1: Yeah, and I think that's extremely sad that you know someone doesn't come to someone like you to understand what their true gifts are and how to really step into leadership and have the skills to to be able to make a difference on the world stage. And I know that's one of the things that, that I'm working with as well is getting more and more women involved in um, leadership and actually beginning to expand our reach into the global stage. So, Howard, answer me a question. What is the foundation of all leadership mastery and how can you achieve it?
2: Well, I think that leadership to me, Linda, begins with 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 an inner vision, an inner knowing and an inner vision of knowing your own path and you're knowing why you're here and what your contribution really is and really making kind of a, a deep commitment to, to that process, to that journey, one of knowing it, secondly, expressing it uh, openly, honestly uh, and boldly and mm-hmm. then beyond that starting to pull together people around you who align with that vision who align with that with that idea and you know whose paths are are, are you know in alignment with yours so that they they're magnetized to you because they want something similar or their expression is congruent with your expression and that's the, the sort of the foundation of that partnership aspect which is so central to me.
1: Howard, I find this just amazing because, you know, I, I talk about the fact that women oftentimes are very reluctant to, to actually own that word leadership. Um, I think it's one of the most maligned words in the English language um, So. Oftentimes when you say, are you a leader, they go, oh, no, 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 not me, somebody else, but not me. And then you start talking about the the aspects of leadership. And on that note, let's take a short break. Voice America Women's Channel a leader in the forward movement of women's success.
0: Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number 2, DreamWithLinda.com. The We're on the cutting edge of social media.
1: Can you keep up?
0: Voice America Women's Channel. A leader in the forward movement of women's success. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at dare dot com. Now, back to Leadership Stars.
1: I'm here with my guest, Howard Samble. It's really great to have you back. Thank you. So, Howard, one of the things that we're talking about this month is relationships. So, how can you develop the relationship skills needed for effective leadership?
2: Well you know relationships are, are based on theres they're built on several things. I mean I would say the first is common uh, common values, common goals, common viewpoints, uh, a shared vision, a shared um, intention, and also a win-win. Uh, alliance, but by that I mean that it's a relationship that that is that is actually um, supports each person in the partnership in a specific way. Because as human beings, we we all want to win. There's something we want to gain. There's something we have to offer, and there's something we want to receive. So all relationships have that that bonding in them when there is that common that common theme, that common goal, and then each person is benefiting and valuing from that alliance that's major. And the next piece of it after that is just really having clarity and consistency in your communication with that person. The biggest thing that undermines all relationships, no matter what the form, is the breakdown in communication where people either stop communicating for one reason or another, or what I call communication withholds, where they have something that they're not saying that actually needs to be said. When you overcome that, it it really empowers the relationship.
1: Relationships are very superficial, and so how do you how do you turn a relationship from being superficial to being um, strong? I
2: think that, it, that the biggest single factor in doing that, Linda, is trust, is building a deeper level of trust and for people to willing to be open, uh, to, to be open about their wants, desires, needs, goals, and challenges, uh, because deeper bonding, d- deeper connections is, is really always ultimately built on per- trust, but trust does not o- happen overnight. And so it happens when two people have both have a desire to want to work together and partner together and are willing to become progressively more open about those important qualities and then really listening to each other to really, uh, as I said earlier, to create that mutual value and benefit.
1: That's amazing. I know one of the things that I often find is that... We get these communications like, hi, um, you haven't done your auto ship this month and, uh, gee, I noticed that your group volume isn't very good. And to me, that's not a way to build a relationship in a business. Um, And then, uh, so I'm curious as to what would you do if someone um, sent that communication to you and you thought that you had a really deep relationship with them?
2: Well, you know, I I think that that it's a very good question, Linda. I think that first and foremost, honesty, you know, more of almost like what I might call radical honesty, is necessary in today's today's world. People are just so unwilling to be really candid and really direct um, in their communication. They're always tiptoeing around the tulips or trying to be polite or not rock the boat. Because so many people have gotten that message early in life that you should be a people pleaser. And so number one prerequisite for powerful relationships is getting beyond the popularity contest and being a people pleaser and learning how to be direct, open, and honest about what, what you're really feeling and wanting while also being respectful and accepting and loving and non-judgmental of the other, and that's a little sometimes that could be a bit of a fine line to to you know to ride, but it's it's to me it's critical developing both of those qualities simultaneously.
1: I think that's that's really fascinating. Uh, I think it's also uh, why people don't dig deeper is that they've gotten hurt or they or someone's used that information against them and so they don't trust any longer. And as you know that it, it, it's, it can be very difficult to get that trust back when it's been betrayed. And yeah I'd, I
2: think- I'd, like, I'd like to interject something on that Linda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, a particular exercise that I've used for quite a long time. I don't even know quite honestly the origins of the exercise. It's mm-hmm. called the, it's called the withhold exercise. And and it's so simple, it like fills up barely half a page on a on a sheet of paper. But this single exercise is so powerful that it's literally saved marriages. Because really? Yeah, because what it does is it allows any two people, regardless of their relationship, a safe way to communicate withholds, to communicate those things that they've been reluctant. Or really terrified to share with the other, it makes it creates like a safe container where they can do that. And invariably, what happens when people do that is they clear the space out of all the that energy, all that um, you know, all that the withhold withheld energy, and and all those those qualities. And they reduce the emotional charge that people have. So then they get back to sort of neutral again. Um, and I'm willing to give the send the exercise to anybody who who requests it, and all they have to do is just send me an email. I'm happy to send it to them.
1: That would be fabulous, Howard. I know I have a 42 year um, marriage, and I I do say to people that he does curl my toes. So that whole <laughs> withhold, <laughs> that open and honesty is is how we've really been able to maintain communication and to maintain the relationship that we have and as deep and as loving as it actually is. So what I think you're saying is that the mastery of communication is an essential ingredient in effective leadership. So how and what types of communications are you referring to?
2: Well, I mean, the communications I'm referring to is I guess co-creative partnership is really the ultimate, the ultimate form of relating to me. Where mm-hmm. you know, creating something together. You know, you're in the the design studio together. You're in the trenches. You're working together. You've got a synergy going. You've got ideas back and forth. There's a respect of both people's opinions. There's a flow of creative energy. Um, it's, it's one of the most exhilarating things when that happens. Mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of each person putting all of themselves into it, letting it all be out there, uh, and, and just letting the energy flow. So it's really kind of a, it's a creative process with that really without a doubt. And then sometimes you need to pause and you need to do what I call a meta comment. A meta comment or what's sometimes called a meta conversation, which is a conversation about the conversation so that you are able to clear out any things that may get in the way or misunderstandings, etc. So that you can continue that creative flow. That's
1: that's very, very, very interesting because I... I As you would probably agree, communication is not just what you're saying to the other person, but it's also listening and absorbing what they're saying back to you, that really true, deep listening, not just active listening, but really deep listening, listening for the emotions, listening for the words, Um, if you can see them, the facial expressions, and all of that to make it a really rich conversation, and then to be able to feed back to them what you've heard. And, you know, I love the idea of a meta conversation where you're actually talking about the conversation. Would, would you agree that that's sort of where you're going with that?
2: Yes, yes. Um, I just think that it's being sensitive to the energy that's present at all time between you and the other person or between you and the group. Like just feeling into it and being aware of what's going on energetically and not and emotionally and not sweeping things under the carpet. And just saying, oh, well, that's okay. We'll just forget about that. It's too minor. Not letting those little things slip by and clearing them up so that you're always in in the highest level of, I guess, the highest vibration and the highest level of a, a caring love affinity with each other.
1: Howard, do you feel that people often ignore the emotional side of the conversation, um, and when they do see something or they hear something that seems off, that they don't necessarily want to confront the other person?
2: Yes, because they've been conditioned to believe that that all conversations about feelings, especially the uncomfortable feelings, um, you know, are really, uh, there's an aversion for many, many people to wanting Mm -hmm. to go into that uh, because they don't have a lot of past experience in which you can talk about uncomfortable or difficult emotions in a a caring and accepting way. Uh, But so the key is having space, which is an old 80s term. (laughs) Having space for people to be wherever they are and letting them be there and not interpreting where they are or what they're going through as something where that you did something wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the knee-jerk reaction for most individuals is if my partner or my colleague or whoever, my client, is upset, then I probably did something wrong.
1: Oh, yes, and that that's such a wrong um, sort of way to look at it. A couple things you said, uh, well, uh, and uh, so I have questions around them. One is... Uh, around uh, people who are afraid of strong emotions Um, so if somebody does display a really strong emotion um, be it sad sad glad mad uh, whatever and so they literally back away from it because they're afraid of it how would you coach them to take on that emotion uh, so that the conversation continues and deepens I think the
2: key thing, Linda, is to, to educate and, and guide people to separate the actual core emotion that they're feeling from the, the automatic knee, knee-jerk reaction to blame or mm. to find fault. Uh, yeah.
1: what,
2: what, what happens frequently is we can more much more easily um, accept and be present with somebody's upset and anger. When they're owning it, when they're taking responsibility for it, and they're not dumping it out in the form of blame. However, most people, again, have this conditioning where they're upset and they're unhappy about something. Their first instinct is who's to blame? Who did it to me? I'm a victim. Who did it to me? So a very core fundamental life shift in terms of personal growth is to separate those two. Another important separation is to separate the emotion that you feel in your body from the story about it that your mind tells you. Because the role of the mind is to fabricate a story about everything. But the story that you, that story is not the emotion. The story is added to the core feeling in your body, core feeling and sensation in your body. They're two completely separate things and yet most people automatically associate them and consider them to be one and the same and they're not so this is a huge area of learning and growth to be able to make that distinction and its separation
1: yeah howard i think that's that's the whole thoughts feelings actions results model of the our our thinking and the fact that more of our Thoughts come subconsciously than they do from the conscious. And so it, it they, they can often rule us. Um, and, they, and they have rules that maybe have no longer any basis in, in your life right now, uh, like not, not reading certain parts of, of a story. Um, but I'm also curious about, um, I guess, sort of the rescue aspect of it. Uh, we so oftentimes want to leap in and, and save the person from their own emotions. And so if somebody's crying, we hand them a tissue or we might hug them or whatever. When it's really important for them to really get through that emotion and to really, um, you know, sort of flush it and, and understand it and, and that kind of thing. So how do you teach people not to rescue
2: it's a, very, it's a very good question, and it, and it certainly, I would say, is, isn't easy because there's such deep conditioning for people to want to rescue or caretake others. I think that what we want to learn is the combination of two things, the combination of true compassion and acceptance for where somebody is, but without any effort to change what is going on for them. And to hold in ourselves and in the space of the relationship the viewpoint that whatever they're going through is, number one, their own creation. Number Mm -hmm. two, is an okay thing for them to be experiencing. Mm -hmm. And third, a pathway into greater awareness and spiritual development all at the same time.
1: Yeah, that's that's. That's so good, and, and I think it's a difficult place for people to be in. It, it almost requires conscious thought not to, go, to automatically go to um, savior or rescue mode. So moving from that, so we're not saving people. My question <laughs> then to you is, how then do we best inspire them to being great as a leader?
2: You know, I think that I think that inspiring people has to begin with knowing and being present to their own inner uh, desires, their own inner yearnings, and their own inner uh, goals and and life vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, emer- you know, leadership is a, is emerging. It's emerging of the individual's um, own. Personal life path and and the desires they have for themselves with with what the group or the organization is is creating it's it's emerging and it's a partnership there and so when you want to empower people um, in as far as leadership goes it's it's again it's giving them that voice giving them that opportunity to express their you know deepest yearnings and desires and goals and then. And then again, back to that creative idea of crafting a way for those things to then be convergent with the group or organization's goals, so that people experience this this amazing creative merging between those two worlds that makes them that results in an alignment, results in an amazing level of true alignment between the two.
1: Howard, do you find that? there's a difference in the ability to inspire and the the ability to lead between men and women? And if so, what is it?
2: Um, I would say that just from my experience and not to stereotype, but from my experience, I think that women inspire more at a, at a feeling level, more at a, again, an emotional and feeling level uh, with, with you know, with a deeper trust and a deeper, um, you know, just a deeper level of connection. I Mm -hmm. think that men tend to lead and inspire perhaps more on a basis of the concrete, measurable, tangible goals in our world. Like, for example, men will inspire their team to achieve the the goal of the company to being, you know, let's say, the most profitable in their industry or to achieve... um, you know, awards or you know, public recognition or um, or or you know, maybe excel or or innovate in technology or in something that's very tangible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the outcome-driven men are very outcome-driven, where women tend to be more process-oriented. So women tend to be you know, inspire based on how we're going to do this together and how we're all going to feel together as we do it. Mm -hmm. And yes, we want to have goals, but we're equally, what's equally important is how we experience our, our connection together, our partnership with where we're going, where men tend to be a bit more focused on outcome and measurement.
1: Yeah, Howard, I, I would agree with you in that, uh, and I find that the feminine side is into the creation and the, you know, where are we going to go, the vision, that kind of thing, and then you, you draw in the masculine to... Okay, here's the road we're going to take. These are the goals we have. This is how we're going to make this happen. So the more um, I, I don't want to say tangible, but the stuff like setting the budget and you know following that budget and you know creating the the PowerPoint slides and that kind of thing. so it it's interesting that we also inspire from different places, and that the masculine then looks at, uh, you know, on the wall. So here, here's where we need to be. Here are the milestones. Here's where we are. Here, you know, that almost doing a project plan and following the, the the network diagram or the Gantt chart and knowing exactly where the milestones are and that they're on that. And does that does that also come from sports?
2: Well, it it, it comes from it. It does relate to sports. I want to <laughs> add another piece to this, Linda. Though it just occurred to me as you were saying that. Two other very critical pieces of the of the team oriented process, mm-hmm. and I use this a lot in life crafting. Uh, it's what I call uh, convergent thinking and divergent thinking. Mm-hmm. And on any on any really good team, there's a need for both. Um, the the convergent thinkers are the ones that are always uh, wanting to pull everything together, all ideas, all thoughts pull them together to a definite, uh, definable, um, definable statement. You know, they want to boil it all down, distill it all down. What does it add up to? What is it all saying? Where are we going? And what's the the focal point that we can all agree on? Mm -hmm. Uh, On the other hand, the divergent thinkers are the ones that are looking at bigger possibility. They're always looking where, where else can we go? What are the other ideas that we have? What other visions can we incorporate? So there's this expansion outward. It's, it's very Gemini. <laughs> it's very, yes. you know, out there, out there, out there. Where are the possibilities? Diversity, diversity. And so mm-hmm. you, you can kind of see how in any team there's a real need for both. Uh, and one of the things I've done some writing on is when you have too much divergence, you don't you don't wind up with an outcome, and when you have too much convergence and not enough divergence, then you you will often lack the imaginative or the visionary or the expansive element.
1: Okay, uh, and this is phenomenal. Um, I I understand the two, and and the whole sense of would you say that perhaps. Managers are more on the convergent side and the fact that they're given the vision and what they're supposed to be doing. And um, and then there's the visionaries like the um, Steve Jobs of the world who have that true divergent um, thinking. And we have just a minute for you to encapsulate that.
2: Yes, I, I agree with you that major organizations like Apple or, or similar companies will have both. Uh, I agree, and they, they both, depending on what the responsibilities are of the position, mm-hmm. will of course determine, um, you know, where what their, you know, where their focus will tend to be. But there are individuals who who do have the ability to be in both camps. I consider myself a person who will adapt. If I'm in an environment with a lot of convergence, I become divergent, and if I'm in an environment with a lot of divergence. I become convergent, you know, to balance to balance the energies out. But
1: so both, you're,
2: both so you're
1: yeah, so you're sort of a rebel, Howard. You know, how where wherever the general thinking is, you're gonna go in the opposite direction. And I, I feel um, I have that same sort of sense of if they need structure, I will provide that. If they need vision, um, that's something else that I would provide to a team like this. So, Howard, when we get back, I, I would like to do a couple things. One is I want to talk about presence, and we, I also want to talk about that free gift that you're offering our audience. And on that note, let's take a short break. Okay.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Let leadership expert Linda Patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com.
3: Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the
0: time. Voice America women, your
1: passion starts here.
0: You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at dare to dream with Now, back to Leadership Stars.
1: Welcome back. And today I'm talking to Howard Sambl, um, who is a Leadership and life crafting expert, and we're having some uh, very interesting conversations. And so, Howard, uh, I really wanted—you know—we were talking about divergent and convergent thinking, and you know how people um, play with that. And I I guess one other question I had before—I do want to talk to you about presence—but I had one other question about the difference between inspiration and leadership, because I find in some industries. There's a perception that because I am an ins- I'm an inspiration to the organization, that that also makes me a leader. Would you say that's true or false?
2: It depends on the culture, I think, of the environment, because we still, re- realistically, we still have a lot of um, organizations today, perhaps the vast majority, that are still very authority-driven, mm-hmm. you know, top-down authority-driven. And so there is the expectation in those types of organizations that people will just adapt to the vision of the leaders and they'll get on board or, you know, if they want to play and they want to have a job, they'll find some way to get on board and, um, you know, and, 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 and contribute. The more enlightened organizations are the ones that are more in that co-creative space where they're listening and they're, they're open everybody's ideas and contribution. Uh, and they wanna they want to form a, an outcome based on all the input that they get. <coughs> Excuse me. hmm Anyway, and, uh, so yeah. You
1: know. Yeah. And and Howard, I think it's very interesting because the, the <coughs> women that, that I'm working with are that type of woman in the fact that they come from organizations or from the military where you have direct authority either because of your rank or because of your title. And so you're used to, uh, and I have to admit, I was used to this when I first came out, was you walk into a room, somebody, everybody stands up. Th- there's no question about it, unless there's somebody who outranks you, and then you wouldn't, they wouldn't stand up. But as long as you're the ranking person in the room, everyone stands up. And if you have a request, six people go running for it. And that's very different than when you're, in an entrepreneurial situation or a small business owner, and you have a team of your own, um, they don't respond quite the same way. So how do you step into that different type of leadership?
2: Uh, Well, I mean, the first thing, of course, is you've got to determine the kind of organization and the kind of culture that you want to create, and that's usually based on your values. Right, right. Uh, your values and beliefs. And so once you're clear on your values and beliefs within, within an organization, whether no matter how small or large it is, then you're going to naturally magnetize people who are, you know, the law of attraction being the way that it is, you're going to naturally magnetize people who have a similar ideology and viewpoint. Mm -hmm. And so that's what typically, typically happens. But, um, uh, you know, I'm 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 a believer in having some element from a management standpoint of you know structure rules policies. Uh, so an element of that slightly or slightly authority driven, but then having it be simultaneously open ended too, where people can have input, so they right. feel like there's structure and people need structure. Mm-hmm. We all know that but they also feel like they have a voice. And when you balance those two, I think that's an ideal combination.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on that. And it's interesting because we were just talking about the military. And in in the military, you always have, quote, the military presence. And so how can you cultivate sort of a quality of presence? and, And how do you define presence that you would need to be a powerful leader?
2: I think to me, presence really begins with self-awareness. Um, you can't fake presence. You can't act. You can't act it. You can't pretend. Presence is something that comes from an authentic, a truly authentic internal awareness and connection to to your inner truth. And it's and it's kind of funny that we're coming back to that because if you remember when we began the conversation at the beginning. We were talking about clarity and, you know, and, and inner, you know, discovering one's inner clarity and right. then able to express it when you're in touch with the, the deepest truth of your nature. And you speak from that place of knowing and awareness of your deepest truth is actually a kind of a vibration. I gave it a name many years ago. I call it truth resonance. Mm-hmm. Truth resonance. Um in much the same way like when people um, are phony, many people immediately recognize it and they don't believe anything you're saying. And, and conversely, when you speak from a deep place of truth, people recognize it, they feel it, they know it. Not only do they begin to trust you more, but that becomes an inspiration. It's an inspiration to know your deepest truth, to speak from that deepest truth, um, and then from that place, invite, invite, and inspire others to play with you. Um, you know, everything is an enrollment conversation. So, <laughs> given, given that, where you know that inspirational piece uh, is is really part of that as well.
1: Okay, so that's what presence is.
2: Yeah. Presence is knowing your truth, expressing it. Being authentic, expressing it openly, and then inviting inviting others to engage with it, to play with it, to um, be creative with it, and to join you to um, partner with you in some cre- co-creative process.
1: Okay, so I'm going to ask one political question before we go to your free gift, okay. and that has to do with. Um, let's just look at government as a whole, um, not any one person in, spe- in specific. So how, I mean, truly, are, are they self-aware and do they have an authentic awareness of who they are in order to have the presence that they have um, in the public eye?
2: That's a that's a, real, <laughs> that's a, real, it's a really interesting question, Linda. I think we could spend an hour on that. <laughs>
1: yeah, we only have a few minutes, so. Yeah,
2: no, I know, Um well, I want to. I'm going to answer it in a in a slightly indirect way. Okay. Um, in integrity, it really hits on the point of integrity. Okay. And integrity is uh, relative. It's it's relative. Um, so let's take an extreme example. A person can lie, but so much believe their own lie that they'll actually come across congruent. Interesting. Even though it's still a lie.
1: So is that why oftentimes you, you well, I, you obviously hook people up to a lie detector, but you can cheat that. Um, but you're looking at like the pupil dilation. Um, they say that they can tell when people are lying because the pupils expand, I believe. Uh, and so oftentimes people who... Um, don't necessarily want you to know what's truth and what's a lie. We'll wear sunglasses. Well, yeah.
2: Let Let me let me get to yeah. th- from this vantage point. Is that a lot of times when we look at people in government and we uh, judge them, or we think that they're being negligent mm-hmm. uh, in terms of really doing what their mandate is to to care for the people, which is you know their their kind of their constitutional responsibility. What's really going on, in my opinion, and I know this is a pretty out of the box, out of the box mm-hmm. viewpoint, is that it's not that they're neglecting anything. It just is that they're going with a different agenda. They don't have the agenda that everybody believes they have because yeah. there's, another, there's another there are other guiding principles or agendas behind the scenes that are more more dictating what they do and what they and what they do. So they might put on a show for the sake of, you know, being, you know, popular or whatever, but that has nothing to do with their real agenda.
1: So Howard, would you say that's true of corporations as well, you know, CEOs, yes. boards of directors, uh, upper management, that kind of thing? It, you know, we, we're often surprised to find that there's something really nasty going on in of these organizations, and yet the messages and whatever that were coming out were very... We, we thought congruent to what they were doing is that, yeah, so no, is that I,
2: absolute I, I, absolutely I agree completely I think that there are some corporations that are gonna gonna have their party line they're gonna have their official their official um, line that they they do publicly for the public for the press for the media but what goes on behind the scenes could be anything completely a completely different game.
1: Okay, well, that was an interesting divergence.
2: <laughs> yeah. And if you want to talk offline, we can certainly delve into that because I have a lot of other thoughts on that subject. But I know we don't have time for it, but we can chat offline.
1: Sounds good. Thank you so very much. So, uh, Howard, I know you have a free gift and you've already offered one with, um, with your uh, withholding exercise. And But you have something that's uh, a little bit more formal, if you'd like to share that with our audience, please.
2: Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, it's a two-part gift. Um, the first part of it is a um, phone strategy session, and it's really designed for people who are either in transition in their life, in the process of figuring out what they want to be when they grow up, um, even though they're 45 or 55. Um, and there's no shame in that at all because we all go through life transitions at different junctures. Um, So number one, people who are transitioning or still in the process of formulating what they really want to do, and the second group of people are those who are in some type of a service-oriented business where they love what they're doing, been at it a while, but for whatever reasons, they are never be able to, crack through that income ceiling to make the kind of money that they want to be making. And so what the gift is, it's a, um, it's a very, very in-depth, um, hour-long um, strategy session uh, where we delve into this and we, we really go down and we peel it all away. And we get a plan. We basically create a whole plan for you for the next year uh, for how you can move forward with your life and your your business. And the second part of the gift is access to a video, an exclusive video entitled Five Essential Secrets for Making Money, Doing What You Love. And this is a, it's a really pretty bombshell video because we cover in that video some pretty high-end distinctions that people will usually not get unless they really have been involved, you know, in some pretty high-level coaching work. And uh, well, I just give it all away. So it's it's a huge gift. And then in the session, we weave the two things together. We take, you know, the essence of what they're getting in from, from the video and we merge mm-hmm. it together in the consultation. So you wind up with a really uh, a solid plan, not only strategically, business-wise and strategically, but also working with the inner, your inner map and getting through whatever obstacles you may be encounter along the way. Wow. And you want me to give you where how people can sign up for that?
1: You can. It will also be um, on my website. There'll be a link to this. Um, but go ahead and give us the, the direct link and yeah, the there'll right. also be one on my website.
2: Yeah, direct link is lifecraftingprogram.com forward slash strategy session. Just go there, fill the form out, and uh, you'll come to a calendar page. You can pick your time, day and time, and then you'll get an email acknowledgement with all the instructions of how to prepare.
1: So, audience, this is a really tremendous gift and one you don't want to miss If you've enjoyed Howard's comments about leadership and inspiration and merging your own life path with that of your group to create some really awesome uh, experiences, as well as looking for clarity, truth resonance, um, all of that fabulous information, you don't want to miss this particular free gift. So, Howard, I have one minute. Give me one last Tip.
2: Uh, I would say that, um, that the one thing that happens, you know, when people reach the end of their life, they don't usually have any regrets about, you know, uh, that they wish that they worked harder in their job or something <laughs> that,
1: that Yes. the regrets
2: they have are not taking advantage of the opportunity to fulfill their potential, to fulfill their vision so today is the day. My tip is do not wait to start living the truth for yourself. Do not wait. Do not postpone it. Do not think that it's some future date, but start today.
1: Act thank it. you. Yeah, thank you so very much, Howard. That is awesome. So today is the day. Don't wait. And we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye.